0: Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 oh life, oh life. I'm afraid of the dark, especially when I'm in a park and there's no one else around. Oh, I get the shivers. I don't wanna see a ghost.
1: Or most, or rather have a piece of toast, watch the evening
0: news.
1: Right, what are you want tonight, Dave?
0: I am on uh, San Miguel. Oh yeah, yeah What, what are you on?
1: I'm on Piston Head.
0: Piston? I like the sound of that.
1: It's uh, got a skull on the can and it's, uh, I discovered it in like, you know, one of those uh, home bargains type shops. Oh, yeah. And it was uh, on offer for 69p, no, no, 59p a can. They are the small cans, but it's very refreshing, Dave. It's a very nice beer. Very nice.
0: I would recommend it. Yeah, we've gone a bit posh that because I was drinking left with my good lady wife whilst watching Ozark before. And, sorry, um, that it is. It's very good to be honest with you, I you know, because I'm not going to venture down any kind of unrecommended uh, Netflix ever again. You know, it's got to be something that's got like really serious reviews for me to even go down it, I think. Yeah, especially after that, the folly of that archive eighty one. <laughs> Fuck off.
1: I saw that post.
0: Oh my god. I don't even
1: know what it is. Is it a documentary or a?
0: Ah, the premise say, is, is brilliant, but it's one of these found footage things, you know, like found videos of this cult that existed, mm. and the premise is quite good, but it just—it's so dr- It's like pulling teeth. It's mm. so drawn out, mm-hmm. so long winded. I just mm. have to say, Lee. I hope apologize in advance. There's an intermittent buzzing at my end, you know. I think it's coming I off a piece of I, my... Yeah, I think I picked that up, so... I think it's uh, on my equipment. I think it might be off the headphones.
1: So uh, apologies to the listeners in advance in case there is some uh, buzzing on the recording. Yes. Um, but anyway, Dave, we're not here to talk about Netflix, are we?
0: No, fuck them.
1: <laughs> but <laughs> they are part of the problem.
0: They certainly are.
1: So tonight's episode is life. Life. Thinking about it just makes it worse. <laughs> Which is true.
0: Life, mate. What did what you it... think
1: when I proposed that idea? What, how, what did it say to you?
0: Well, it's in a massively broad subject. Lee. You yeah. could go in many different directions. I was thinking that um, you could go or you might want to go in the kind of the ridiculous nature of life. The, the ludicrous nature of modern life. And people's priorities Yeah Um, The 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 finite nature of life It's a very obviously Significant thing but what would you like To say on it Lee? Well you
1: got it In in the second one there Dave About the ludicrous nature of modern life Because this is where I I was coming from Yeah And I've been uh, And this is probably What's prompted it I've been reading like Mark Fisher I've been reading Zizek and, you know, although they're both brilliant writers and the, they lift the veil mm. of what is really going on, you just end up feeling absolutely hopeless and uh, helpless at the end of it. Yeah. Because uh, especially Fisher's writing about capitalism, which is uh, spot on, how, how capitalism is just in everything. You know, you, you cannot escape it, whatever you do, and it's it's bulletproof and there is... It's subtle, you know, this is the thing. I mean, a lot Mm. of people wouldn't necessarily notice how controlled they are by it. Mm. But once things are pointed out to you, which which Fisher does amazingly, really, plenty of things I haven't thought about. I think the depressing thing is that that he's made a case for saying that we're stuck with it, you know, there's never going to be any change in society because capitalism has won. And I think Zizek said it's easier to imagine the end of the world than it is to imagine the end of capitalism.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, ultimately, the end of the world will come about from humankind will come about because of capitalism. That is it. They they will meet They will they will meet at a sharp right angle. That's what will happen, because Mm -hmm. the world will eventually succumb to capitalism unless capitalism makes a massive u-turn you know and i'm talking about climate change i'm talking about the miss disconnect between most people and the natural world huge yeah. disconnect people do little things that they think are like green but in reality the very nature of the rest of their life is incredible the carbon footprint's massive and even yeah. people who preach to us about changing our ways and the world must change have got like these enormous carbon footprints like david attenborough for example you know <laughs> david attenborough right goes on about how the world must change but he's, he's he's front and center of this incredible establishment he's such a massive royalist for a start yeah he's, he's huge royalist he does all these shows for the bbc that get sold worldwide they used to get sold on dvd and video all the time which needed to be manufactured that got exported all around the world you, you see what i'm saying yeah so he's a part of the problem he's not Amazing part of the Dave, solution but, you know
1: again you've pointed something out to me that i would never have thought of Attenborough,
0: but, Attenborough is. it's like the royals doing the same pinch charles goes up But pinch charles's carbon footprint is fucking enormous it's like the bfg or something <laughs> you know his carbon footprint is massive so he goes on about the environment but it's It's idiotic. And it's like saying, well, oh, yeah, well, I've done that. uh, But actually now, come to think of it, you can't do that. Um, No, little people. That sounds
1: familiar, Dave. That sounds familiar, a bit topical, what you're saying there. You have to do that, but we don't.
0: Well, it's exactly that. It's it's exactly part of it, Lee. It's like that that whole ruling class mentality. It's the whole ruling class mentality. And that's what Johnson comes from and Rees-Mogg and all those lot. They've all been told all their lives that they are the chosen ones. I remember this person that I know, very nice person, very very intelligent in many ways. But he was expounding on this idea that there was like a ruling class, like a sort of gentry that knew that they were born to rule. And I was basically telling him to fuck off, that that was absolute nonsense, that that's that that is the problem, not the solution mm. to the world. The problem is, is that these few people with the power and the money who absolutely believe in their own narcissism that they are born to rule and that's been going on for years that's been going on they've all done it
1: i think the world in the last five or ten years has maybe the last decade has been the beginning of the end it certainly felt like it for me in many Um, ways I, i hope
0: not for our kids you know but
1: but so many bizarre things have happened not least the election of trump and johnson these two fucking buffoons like
0: incredible, buffoons, are leading yeah.
1: these these superpowers. Yeah, yeah. You can't quite believe it, can you? And um, just the uh, the explosion of social media as well, which is obviously uh, having a massive damaging effect on everybody, whether they know yeah, yeah, it or not. And uh, the other thing that I noticed was about five years ago, walking into Waterstones, and front and centre... Would all these what would probably be called self-help books. Do you remember, have you ever heard of The Secret?
0: Yeah, that was massive, wasn't it?
1: The Secret, which is an um, unbelievable concept, this idea that you can just wish for things and they will appear. Yeah. You know, using the law of attraction. But it was all <laughs> these other ones like um, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a fork and mm. The Chimp Paradox. It was just suddenly that anxiety and depression... You know, not only was it being becoming an industry in itself, you know, the wellness industry, you know, that's become huge, hasn't it? It just seemed like, why are we living in an age of anxiety? Because life's supposed to get better, isn't it? You know, when you think about how the future was always depicted, mm. it was always like this big improvement. You know, people were freer, they mm. were working less, they were happier, technology was our friend it was there to make things easier and it was almost this utopian existence mm. and it's not turned out that way has it it's, it's gone the opposite it seems like things are much much worse now in many ways they're not I mean you know a lot of people will say it's never been as good and you can probably find evidence for that but I think in terms of people's mental health and their well-being and their anxiety and and the economic situation it's getting worse and it there's no sign it's ever going to get better for me.
0: Well, I think the big problem is there's a lot of factors involved here, but one of the big problems, of course, is everyone believing that they can be anything they want, which is just a barefaced lie. You can't. Yeah. You can't you get to a certain age, you you realise that you can't be everything. You spread yourself too thin. I mean, I'm probably a prime example of that. I, I wanted to do a bit of this and a bit of that and everything with enthusiasm, but in a way, really, you need to sort of plough the field in one way first to gain you know and stick to that to gain success and then you can diversify maybe if you're lucky but on a sort of not even an ambitious level you know and that's that i'm talking about sort of ambition to, to do and be things and be creative yeah but people today seem to think they've just got this right to be everything and it's a kind of pure narcissism i suppose because they're kind of like thinking I am going to be beautiful. I am going to be wealthy. I am going to have this. I am going to be a sort of celebrity in my own lunchtime. I am. And so they post, especially younger people, they post never ending amount of pictures of themselves on these Facebook, Instagram, whatever, in these pouting poses, they have all got this desire to have things. I thought when we were growing up in the sort of 90s, we were going to move beyond that. Yeah. It was it was a politicised time. It wasn't about, I mean, I think we've gone, kids have gone much more conservative because they're obsessed with looking pristinely smart all the time, right? Yeah. Which is, it's not right, that, to me. It's not right. You know, kids should be wanting to be a bit, especially young lads. They're assimilating, you know? aren't they? Assim- very much so. It is like Stepford people, isn't it? It is assimilating into one morphing into one type. It's invasion of the fucking body snatchers. Yeah. You know, when you look, it, it's it's strange. This, this
1: generation, though, has there have never been a more anxious generation. Though, depression yeah. and anxiety are the most treated health conditions by the NHS, and you hear it all the time, don't you, about kids having anxiety, and you, it's easy to dismiss and think. Oh come on! They've just not got no resilience, you know. They've been mm. mollycoddled, or they're confusing anxiety with feeling uncomfortable. But there's good reasons why kids would feel anxious, because especially because of the, the, you know, the social media and um, how everybody is expected to look perfect, and the influencers and the celebrities that they see all the time. But going back to what you were saying about everybody believes that they can be anything. Well, that's part of the self-help industry, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And that's, you know, when you hear about Michelle Obama and bloody Oprah Winfrey bringing out books and doing tours and to try and inspire women, they're just yeah. selling them bullshit. Oh, it's suppose bullshit. You know, oh, you can be anything. You can be the strong woman that you always dreamed of. I can't just suddenly do it just because I've read your book. I don't have your privileges, your your money for a start, or your influence you know
0: it's, yeah. it's just rubbish yeah and, it, and it's try, trying to say to people you can be you can train yourself to be like me well it's not always that easy you can't always train yourself to be the most driven and motivated persons let's say an Oprah Winfrey yeah. is or a Hillary Clinton is or somebody you know or a Michelle Obama I mean I know they married into success in some ways but they were successful people in their own right some people haven't got that no. so they're kidding themselves you know but that that whole self help thing gives me makes me cringe so much. Like Tony Robbins and people like him. Yeah. Fuck I mean, he looks like a freak for a start. The cunt. I mean, tinged. he's got this massive face. Like he's like Jaws, <laughs> isn't he? For me, he's, he's, yeah, he's, a, like George, he's weird yeah. looking. He's like a Bond villain, isn't he? He looks yeah. horrible. You know, big fucking head, big yeah. square <laughs> fucking oblong head.
1: Yeah, and, it might and, even be and, bigger uh, than Joe Royal's uh, face.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You can do it, yeah. We can do all this bullshit. Absolutely.
1: And then but the clever, the clever thing about that, Dave, is if you don't succeed, and you know it's always turned back on you, isn't it? Well, oh, yeah. you didn't try hard enough, or you yeah. didn't follow the plan, or you weren't disciplined enough, and then you just feel worse.
0: You can try harder, Trevor. Come on. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> it's not just about having a positive mental attitude. Oh. This is another really good point Mark Fisher makes is that. Depression and anxiety, they're always, the focus is always on the individual, like there's something defective about the individual and that the individual needs to be fixed. It doesn't even occur to people that people are depressed and anxious because of the social structures and the society that they live in. Mm. They are the biggest causes, these external things, and capitalism in particular, are the things that create these mental health problems.
0: Absol- well, this is the part of the problem the capitalism is the big big problem on the agenda really because let's equate it in in a musical sense right in a, in a music sense let's go back to sort of like say the 19 late 1960s and 70s when the bands let's say like like um black sabbath when, when get, you know were starting to make it it wasn't about the money no it was never about the money to them yeah, they were doing something to escape their environment, but they weren't in their heads thinking we're going to be millionaires. And their fans weren't thinking, their fans were thinking, God, this is something different that takes me out of my life. And when like a band like, let's say Genesis, for example, earlier, because I've been listening to a bit of them, I'm watching them. I mean, watching them is brilliant because you look at Peter Gabriel on, on stage in 1973, he was amazing. I don't care what anyone says. Peter it's where Gab- he
1: dressed as in a dress with a fox's head on.
0: Oh, um, honest to godly. It's amazing. <laughs> Some of the footage of Peter Gabriel back then. I even had time for Collins then. Hey,
1: Dave, he you sound a bit like Dennis Nielsen.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> I do a bit, no? I just need a Scottish accent. Let yeah. me tell you something about Peter Gabriel back in 1973. <laughs> okay, but uh, honest to god, they were so creative and weird and different and. Just went for it. They went yeah. for it. The bold and imaginative. And I'm thinking, where's that today? There's nowhere near enough of that today. It's almost apologetic, some of it today. And oh, but th- then you've got the sort of rap thing, which is all about wealth and bling, and that is pure capitalism, isn't it? It's horrible. Oh yeah, yeah. And then you've got your Adels, so and that's pure fuck. That all that is is whinging and moaning and pure capitalism again. Yes. Whinging and moaning and oh and crying and shouting
1: oh God, and she's horrible, isn't she? Yeah, the a fucking... bit of a
0: giant, as big as a mouth.
1: <laughs> I was shocked at no, the I hype. That.
0: That's terrible.
1: <laughs> I was shocked at the hype that comes with a, a release of an Adele album. Seriously, you know the other they had an an ITV program which was like an audience of a, with Adele. You know we used to have these audience with billy connolly an audience with bob munkhouse those sort of things so you got all these celebrities in the audience yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And, they right. were, and they were quite entertaining yeah but
1: to me adele and ed sheeran right who were probably the biggest
0: I'm going to start on sheeran. Oh
1: music God. stars in in the country i mean I, you know i don't mind ed sheeran you know Ed she- can't you know if adele writes her own stuff you know that's that's to be applauded but to me, they're nothing special at all. They are at all. just so, so mediocre. Bland.
0: They're so mediocre. And anyone telling me that Adele's got a good voice compared to someone like a Peter Gabriel? Fuck mm. off. Fuck the fuck right off.
1: It just She's shows you the power of marketing. Voice.
0: Her fanny farts are more fucking musical than her fucking voice.
1: <laughs> so interestingly, you touched on music there, Dave, is that music and the alternative side of music, you know, the non-mainstream music that I've always been into. That is, to me, the the thing that you can always fall back on and use it to get through the hideousness of everything yeah, else.
0: Definitely. Yeah,
1: Retreating yeah. into great art, whether it's music or films or yeah, books, absolutely. you know, I mean... Th- certain genres and certain bands they still have the integrity and they're still able to
0: avoid this
1: yeah i mean this is podcasting is good because
0: absolutely because it's it's selective to what people might want to listen to and want to, to to escape escape into from the from the modern world so you can cherry pick the things that you are particularly interested in that is a godsend really i think you know because you go oh my god there are people out there that are as nerdish and anally retentive as me into this kind of thing and it is an escapism
1: when you think of things like children of the stones and oh wow yeah the matrix and probably the walking dead as well because what they always show is that that everybody else is sleepwalking or fooled and there's a select few that see this and want to avoid it the matrix is probably the most accessible way to look at at that, you know, with the red pill and the blue pill, you know, which one do you want to take? Do you want to just Mm. live a life in ignorance? uh, Mm. Or do you want to actually see what's going on? And uh, (laughs) I often think that the life in ignorance is in many ways the better one because those people that don't think about these things that we're talking about and just do what they do, Every week, go to Nando's, go and watch Fast and Furious Six and uh, get pissed and stoned, that they're happier. <laughs> and that annoys me.
0: I think people are for a while, uh, you know, satisfied with that, but they'll, they will lose that. They will lose that and then they will be, that's when the depression sinks, it sinks in well, and it. I don't mean
1: the- to be act all superior or anything, but <laughs> if you're of a sort of low intelligence, you can be happy being ignorant it's usually the intelligent people and i'm not putting myself in that but
0: the no you are intellig-
1: right? more intelligent the you, the you are the more you see what's going on the more you can see through the bullshit just cuz you know that it's all bullshit and you've you've mm. discovered the trick it doesn't really give you any comfort i don't think especially when you can see that things are never going to get better yeah and I'm not really a, a misanthropic person.
0: No, no, you're not. No, no. You know, I
1: try to be positive, but it comes a point where it does get to you. Yeah, I,
0: I'm with you, really, to be honest with you. Maybe.
1: Especially as it doesn't have to be this way. No. And the fact that you, we are controlled by the elites. Oh, we yeah. controlled by this thing, this malevolent but subtle, sinful well, capitalism.
0: And you can understand why a lot of people who are who get sucked into certain viewpoints and suspicions of power brokers and people within power, and they do suddenly then get suspicious of why are we having these jabs all the time, and why are we having to do these, you know, why are we having this extra control on our lives? The reality with all of it, as well, is so much of this is about the fact that it looks bad if they don't do something about it. But the majority of people that have been really ill with COVID have either been really old or terribly unfit. There's been a few cases where, oh, yeah, yeah, this really fit athlete had a really bad... There's always going to be a few incidents like that. But the reality is we're an incredibly unhealthy nation of obese people who have bought into... And they probably voted... Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> they eat loads of fast food. They have just simpletons, really. I hate to say it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're all, like, almost like ants or automatron, or, you know. <laughs> consume, consume, consume. Right. Yeah, <clears throat> And that's been a big problem, obviously. And of course, there's been an, an issue with people of uh, minority Um, and there's probably been a a big thing that doesn't get talked about enough with the vitamin D thing. So white Caucasian people have dealt better with COVID than black and Asian people because they haven't got the natural vitamin D defense because of the pigment of their skin. Right. So David Davis of the conservative party was saying, uh, and and, uh, not, not David Davis, Ian Duncan Smith was saying, please people i really believe you should take loads of vitamin d and i thought well good for you because is it going to hurt it, you know you no. it, it takes vitamin d every day it's not going to damage your body vitamin d's there you, you can take I'm vitamin sure there'll d be damage.
1: somebody on the internet that tells you that it will but it's, it's got ridiculous. a 5g chip in it
0: oh, yeah that's <laughs> it but vitamin d uh, is there for your for your bone structure and your immune system? That's the whole point of vitamin D. It aids your immune system. So anything that aids your immune system is obviously going to help to fight something that's a foreign body in your body, isn't it?
1: Like you say, fair play to Duncan Smith. I mean, Duncan Smith was always uh, cast as a you know, you know a typical Tory, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he was in charge of the uh, the uh, welfare benefits and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. I saw this programme, I don't know if you saw it that earlier this week, it was uh, it was called uh, The Decade the Rich One, right? And it's all about the financial crash. And I think this was another reason why I felt so depressed, you know, about how the world is, yeah, yeah. is that the way the bank, you know, the bankers and the banks, they just got stronger and even more cockier yeah. after... After, after the crash, because of they knew yeah, they were bulletproof. Yeah, you know, yeah. and there was one former banker on there who was saying everybody was being encouraged to take even more risk because it didn't matter anymore. We were always going to be
0: bailed, out, by bailed
1: out. And I can understand reluctantly why they had to be bailed out. You know, I don't know enough about economics to say that that was the only solution, but they fucking did not use that money for what they were supposed to use it
0: no of course they didn't
1: they did not because obviously the the economy was stagnant for like five years and it was virtually impossible to get a mortgage because they just used it to buy property to buy more stocks and shares and they were just hoarding wealth
0: of course part of the problem is and uh, all parties have been guilty of this new labor were very guilty of it because they you know they backed the idea of the banking industry being our flagship industry that's why it was like new labor new britain it was buzzing there was wealth and all this but part of that was like pushed up by the banking system in britain on it but the reality is and this is what we're the more and more we're going now into the 21st century and especially with the whole climate change thing is that we see the folly of a lot of things in capitalism the overall idea of capitalism just. It do not work without big regulation. It needs much more regulation. Yes, great
1: point, Dave. And that is the that is the big thing, isn't it? That there's no regulations. It's no. free to do whatever it wants.
0: Free to do what it wants. And the big part of the problem was is with Thatcher was the worst one, really, for it. I mean, you know, if you want to lead a path back to so Thatcher and fucking Reagan yeah. to fucking up the modern world right there, because they both bought into this idea of free economies, free markets, r- ruling the roost. And letting go of all our big utilities, and look at it now—we've got all this huge problem with uh, electricity bills. If it was nationalised, we'd be much more powerful. Got all these stupid little companies, you know what I mean? Fucking people about half of them have gone bust now, of course. Um, BT, BT, BT—let's be honest—shit compared to how it would be if it was nationalised. The railway, come on—it's a no-brainer. The railways.
1: Yeah, that's another thing I was thinking about. What makes life shit is this constant pressure to find the best deal every year. You're paranoid that you're getting ripped off for of your phone or your insurance and your energy. So you have, you have to switch. to do all this comparison. Yeah. You know, it's I, like every fucking year it comes up. I can't escape I, it.
0: When I transferred to Eon, I said to them, absolutely carte blanche, I said, you are going to give me the same fucking tariff that the Queen gets, right? <laughs> or I don't want to know you, right? I want the best, best possible electrical tariff you can give me. Or you can figure it And they never, you know, they haven't. Oh, yeah, we'll do, of course, we'll do, do anything, anything for you when you get in the foot of the door, aren't these people? Yeah, yeah. But I, this is what I use. I said, the Queen, I want the Queen's tariff. Uh, is what, she with what, on what You charge the fucking Queen. You know, well, whatever she cha- is charged, that horrible I old if she lizard switches every year. That fucker in Buckingham Palace. I bet nice.
1: She's got a big heating bill. Massive heating the bill. The amount of stuff. fucking property she's got.
0: First of all, she gets the heating it. paid for because of it. She's she's a million years old, right? <laughs> and yeah, you know, but because she's not a human for a start, you know, she's obviously like a lizard person. So oh. she's not 95. She's about a thousand. Let's be honest.
1: <laughs> and, um, well, this, this is another thing that's uh, a big thing in the modern world, isn't it? The, the retreat into conspiracies and uh, the comfort people find by finding alternative narratives and basically well, just where, believe, choosing what to believe. You know, well, oh, I don't like where- that version. I think I'll choose this one. And that seems to be like a perfectly acceptable thing to do these days.
0: It does, it does. And actually, that was the point I was going to make about these sort of anti-vaxxers. You know, I'm not an anti-vaxxer myself. You know, I'm really not. Um, But the bottom line is that um, I understand why people have gone in different directions because they don't trust the cronyism of politics. They don't trust establishment. And who can blame them of that? Mm. I don't trust establishment. And sometimes I go down the conspiracy rabbit hole, usually in a different way, but I'm certainly not somebody who believes in establishment, and I certainly don't believe in monarchy, and I certainly don't believe in public schools, and I certainly don't believe in the so-called ruling class. I want to tear them all down, Yeah, you know, and I think most people with a brain should want to tear them all down. There's lots of people in communities who do amazing things. There's lots of super intelligent people who never get the chance or the opportunity, but there isn't really luck when it comes. And this is a great point, I think. There isn't really any luck involved when it comes to some of the, this establishment lot. People like Johnson and Reece Mogg, right? They've had it there all along. They've been waiting for it, knowing it was coming their way. They always knew they went down the road, eaten yeah there's a a, a stepping stone process isn't there absolutely and you go this way and you meet that person you get x y and z well it's time we brought them all fucking down You
1: you do politics philosophy and economics at uni don't you yeah yeah and that's
0: how you become an mp i don't want to be blowing trumpets about my son's education but he is doing very well academically And he's been approached by a um, a Welsh body called Seren. And what they do is try and get bright kids. So there's been a selection of about five to six kids in, in my son's year. And he's one of them. And the idea is to get bright kids from comprehensive schools and push them in the right direction so they go to the top universities. It's a concerted effort by the Welsh government to get working class kids, and normal, just normal kids.
1: Is this sponsored by Doritos or something?
0: <laughs> no, it's it's. I think it's just part of the Welsh government, and the idea uh-huh. is, and they go to these these little online lectures and stuff about different things, because they're bright, because they want desperately for decent normal working class kids to get into the oxfords and cambridge and the edinburgh and the london school of economics and not just the fucking privileged lot to get the working class kids in well,
1: that's, there that's a, that is a um a ray of light then that's,
0: it's brilliant that's it's a hear, brilliant uh, when i heard been it, doing
1: for done for the right reasons
0: i was not only delighted that they'd approach my lad, which obviously we thought was pretty amazing and great but more importantly we thought wow this is a great thing because this is what we believe in let's mm. try and change the ways a little bit change this terrible si- situation of select few getting through That yeah. not who you know
1: oh, greasy yeah, yeah.
0: fucking palms the greasy pole Britain's b- brought on it I've, I've, I think part of my, you know that thing about life Lee, part of it is that I fucking hate A lot about Britain, I really do. Yeah, I hate this uh, this jingoism about it being great. I hate nationalism for a start. I hate Welsh nationalism. I hate all this. Oh, I'm so proud to be Welsh and all that. Fuck off! I hate it all. (laughs) I hate whether it's English, Welsh, Scottish. I hate all of that. I don't mind a bit of that with football or whatever, cricket. Mm. But even then, at cricket, I'm. I think God, those Aussies, those Aussies are really good. I admire the way they play. So I'm never that. You know, I'll support England because they're my team. It's nothing to do. this t- whole patriotism thing is horrible, I think. And and so much of it tries to hide the reality. The reality is, we've got this horrible elite at the top. This horrible elite, this horrible establishment, and it filters down and it's almost like them f- throwing their fucking pennies at everyone underneath them. Mm. You
1: yeah, that's another theory that never worked, was it? Trickle down economics.
0: Absolute lie. Absolute fucking lie. And it is, you know, it's been proven to be bollocks. Oh, and these corporation. I mean, where I work really is fucking travesty when I think about it, you know, what they do. I mean, it's all about profit for the shareholders. It's such folly that they try and make Oh, we care about you as our staff and all this. I've worked for two chari- charitable companies. You know and one this is oh god like, I hate to confess this but I'm gonna say I, you know one was of like a public a small public school too which is like against again again I mean the jobs that I've had recently pretty much all go against the things that I believe in which well <laughs> this is, is what range. you have
1: to do Dave this is another you well, have to make money I have because to to you're somewhere. trapped you need yeah. to pay your mortgage for the yeah.
0: next twenty yeah. years. Exactly because again we've gone down that route we've got a mortgage we've got we got a bloody rent kitchen <laughs> <laughs> I moan about it and think, "Oh God, look at them! Like really investing in that bloody got a whole capitalist way of life." But the reality is, I have two. You know, I can't.
1: You're stuck either way, aren't you? What do you do? You rent for the rest of your life and just see yeah, all that money go really down the drain. Yeah. And you, and you know, in in this country, you've got the most fucking weakest tenancies yeah. of probably all of Europe, where the landlords can just fuck you off after six months for no reason. Yeah, So. You're forced into buying a house and and saddling yourself with a huge mortgage until you're 77. So it's Hobson's choice. The housing crisis is a fucking scandal.
0: It's a scandal, but it's it's created the biggest problem of all because I think more people would have been living more diverse lives, more, um, you know, they would have followed their dreams more, they would have done this, that, and the other more. If there was more opportunity from very good council tenancy you know what i mean council houses or the lack of them in this country is the biggest abomination and scandal that anybody could ever wish to look at if we had really good housing really good cheap and effective council housing you know the money in people's pockets the opportunity to spend this idea of you know this created this incredible false economy because of the ha- because of the cost of houses and the idea of people only really making any money especially within when interest rates hit rock bottom the only way people really make any money was buying and selling houses yeah. you know because you can't save cash and see it as an investment you know could you because no. interest rates were so low <laughs>
1: it's hilarious when you when one of the banks makes a big fuss of this new ISA that's on the market, and uh, it's, it's a 0.2% more than than the last one. I know. <laughs> it's, it's like just... you work out how much you'd get after about 10 grand for a year, like. When he started it was with
0: about 8% or something. You get on a fucking ISA. No,
1: they're like up. they're like 1.4% now. I know. I think I know. the well, best ones you can get.
0: When they first came out, though. God, and I was dubious about them when they were like about 6%. You know, I've mm. tied up any cash I've got for that, really. It's bollocks, isn't it? It's bollocks. I mean, it is really only houses or, you know, what you've got saved in your bank account. You know, there's no. But the thing is with, I think people, if they thought they could pay so much to a council that was really, you know, a very negligible amount of money and do their houses up as however they wanted because it was basically a home for life which a council house used to be it
1: still is in some respects once you, know, you get past the introductory tenancy
0: whatever you made you had your council out you could do whatever you wanted go on lavish holidays if you wanted to do whatever, if you were lucky blah, blah blah and if you weren't you could still live a really nice and interesting life it was a much fairer you know got into yeah. this crazy scenario of people f- killing themselves just to pay the mortgage
1: Exactly. And Nick Clegg said when he was in coalition with the Tories that they were having this discussion with some of the Tory ministers and he thinks George Osborne was was there and he was the one that that said it, that he was pro- putting forward this proposal to build more council houses. And, and George Osborne was like nonplussed. He was like, well, I don't understand. Why would we do that? You know, they don't vote for us. That no, was, he couldn't see past that.
0: Voking like a twat who who had a tatting seat, northwest fucking Cheshire cum. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) This is the problem with the Tories. This is the thing: could never vote for them, never support them, because they're so blinkered. All they believe in is the elite, the establishment, the moneyed. They're so blinkered in their vision. They haven't got a broad vision. They haven't got a broad vision for the future. They have, and they've fucked. They've fucked Britain. They have. They fucked it over. And it's only these, it's these tragic older people that vote for them that keep them in power because the rest of the population hasn't got enough belief in them one way or another. I, I don't think I know anybody <laughs> that, that votes for them, but billion,
1: millions of people do. Is it all the people down south, do you think?
0: Because old people go out and vote. Yeah. Yeah. Young people don't, and they should. But mm. the part of the problem with young people is half of them don't think they're going to be heard don't think what they, you know, say is going to matter, and half of them haven't got a bloody clue either.
1: And they just you know. can't be asked, can they? And they
0: can't be asked. Yeah. yeah, they were talking Doesn't about like that. them. You know, very often general elections are set up during festival season, aren't they? Oh, you are know? they? Oh yeah, it's that's clever, the, isn't it? Yeah, that's Tories that's will good. always do that. They'll yeah. they'll set up a general election when the festivals are in there. That's what I'd do anyway if I was mm. a strategist. Because yeah. all these kids want to go. All they want to do is party and try and fuck other kids. You yeah. know, in festivals, they don't want to go and, and vote, even if they might. That's uh, like a
1: description of Jimmy Savile, then. Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah
0: what we'll
1: is to party and fuck kids.
0: Don't you worry, Margaret. You'll just listen to me. You'll when the Radio One Roadshow is on, that is the time. Oh, now then, you'll that is the time to hold the next general election. Yeah. Because none of the children, and I mean, you know, the 18 year olds, not the ones I like, about 13, none of the kids will go out and vote because they'll be too busy looking at me in DLT. Well, this is, this is another pervasive thing, isn't
1: it, Dave? The, the way the kids are being brainwashed and bombarded with capitalism through their phones and stuff.
0: And this is part of the thing I was going to say, Lee, this is what they give a shit about. Yeah. So, they, by the camp, so some of them will think voting Tory is probably a good thing, especially with mummy and daddy telling them how, how they should vote for the Tories. Because if you've got like a fairly affluent uh, household, so a lot of kids are persuaded to vote that but, way. Round here, it's terrible because you've got all the hunting lot, haven't you? All that mm. shower of horrible shit. And all mm-hmm. the gentlemen farmers and all horrible cunts. I mean, really horrible. <laughs> terrible. And they all vote Tory. They yeah. all vote Tory. It's terrible. Lee. This is
1: why I'm so fucking depressed, Dave. because well, there just doesn't seem to be hope anymore. And you know, I wouldn't know which way the Labour Party should go. I suppose Keir Starmer's obviously trying to go for the centrists, isn't he? And
0: he's boring, you know, boring though, isn't he? He's boring. He is. God, he, he, is, is. he is. I mean, he's, he's doing is, quite but, a reasonable job at the minute.
1: Like them. you were, if you're a strategist, what would you do? I mean, unfortunately. The Corbyn experiment, if you could call it that, yeah. failed. Though I do feel that the reason it was failed was because of the Murdoch press primarily yeah. and just the monster he got by the media, you know, unjustified. Obviously, Brexit was part of that. You know, people were more focused on getting Brexit through, so they were obviously going to vote for the Tories. So yeah. it was bad timing, I suppose, in, the, in that respect. Very
0: but, bad timing. All they could hear was, get Brexit done! Get yeah. And what's happened? I'll tell you what's happened. Brexit has been masked by, masked, you see what I've done there, by COVID. Yeah. It is a disaster. Oh, no. Brexit is an absolute <laughs> laughing stock disaster. <laughs> and all these old farts with their fat pensions, and I know a lot of them, they don't give a shit now because they just think, well, we've got what we wanted. But they don't realise the absolute chaos they've got and this idea of job vacancies the reason why there's loads of job vacancies is people can't fill those jobs because loads of people don't want or cannot it's the be truck jobs. drivers well can't be truck drivers Yeah. or be skilled labourers and they can't get all the right skilled labourer because they can't get them off the continent to come and work in Britain No. it's a mess these expats wrote in Brexit in Spain <laughs> <Bloody>. <laughs> <laughs> what a bunch of mo- <laughs> I'm
1: moaning that they're getting kicked out. But uh, one of the funniest stories was about Cornwall, which uh, apparently the EU used to subsidise the Cornwall tourist industry. Yeah, I think <laughs> right. And, you know, to quite a significant sum, I think, I could be wrong, but I think it was about 100 million I read. But uh, <laughs> then instead of that, because we're out of Europe, they got offered like a million, right, <laughs> from, some, from the government. And they're all like absolutely shitting themselves now, but they overwhelmingly and unsurprisingly voted Brexit. Well, they deserve it, don't they? <laughs> of course they do. They
0: the, Round here uh, the, That's uh,
1: the. only good thing about Brexit is seeing the people that voted for it shitting in their own mouth. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Shit, it, is, it is like a contortionist shitting in his own mouth, isn't it? It's hilarious. I, I, I don't care about it I, honestly. It's ridiculous and it, so much of it built on the ignorance and fear it was project fear on it the whole thing was project fear it's sad
1: well interestingly though um this program was on about the
0: johnson uh, watch answer as well
1: what you where you know the decade the rich one they were talking about brexit in that and they reckon you know i mean obviously people say oh it's all the races voted Brexit and it was all about immigration. I've never thought that. I think there's a multitude of reasons. and oh, yeah, one, yeah. one of the reasons that was highlighted in this programme was it was a fuck you to Cameron yeah. and, you know, Osborne because people were thinking, I'm not happy. You know, this is not good. This is not how it's supposed to be. So I want something different. And I think people instinctively will always vote for something different rather than settle for the status quo.
0: But they've but what they've gone and done is still voted Tory. I it's know. insane. All they've done is voted like turkeys voting for fucking Christmas. Yeah. Because they voted for Johnson, and what has he done? He for never any...
1: even believed in Brexit. He only <laughs> he, used he
0: was a to European.
1: Have a leadership chance, didn't he? But the
0: whole thing was hilarious. We had the leader of the opposition, who was asking people to vote Remain, who was a Brexiteer in yes. Jeremy Corbyn, and, Je- and Boris Johnson, who was obviously a Europhile of the hugest <laughs> order in many ways, who was, who was the leader of the Brexit. It's ridiculous.
1: Oh, God, it is like an episode of The Thick of It. But uh, talking of TV programmes, one thing I wanted to just mention is uh, probably – a good example of what we're talking about is uh, have you seen uh, and <laughs> i
0: don't really want to go back to netflix but have you seen don't look up now very interestingly i nearly mentioned that earlier on yes i have seen it i've seen it twice i,
1: I thought it was really good I really get, clever
0: that's why i love you lee because i a colleague at work i said you Don't look up. And go, oh, oh shit! It's like the comic, Oh, it's all like trying so hard to be funny. And all. I said, no, it's called a satire. It's called. Yeah. It's kind be satirical. I said, you know, it's kind of like maybe not as good as, but like Doctor Strange Love. And he went, oh. And the rather think is, he went, oh, I like that. And I thought, oh really? I said, oh, I didn't think you'd want you'd like that. You know, black and white and uh, Stanley was- Kubrick. And he didn't say anything after that. The yeah, person in question yeah. didn't say anything. And I'm thinking he thought he thought at first I said, Doctor Strange, some fucking Marvel shit. <laughs> oh my god. Oh
1: moron. isn't that just typical? That's typical. The thing about it is it was really good. It was a really good satire. But it was it was scarily accurate. It was like, yes, people well, would it. be like this.
0: Well, it's really an allegory for climate change, you know that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. It's really about climate change and, and the way people treat it, which yeah. is they go, oh, right, yeah, yeah, we'll do so. Like I was saying to you about recycling, putting your stuff in your recycling bin, but not really knowing the full fact, not knowing that mm. China keeps opening more and more coal-fired plants and nuclear But There's more and more and more people wanting to be capitalistic in their nature, in their countries. It's such a huge mess to sort out, and even like COP28 or whatever it was called, why is everybody flying in, right, to Glasgow or Edinburgh, wherever? you're rowing it in. They should be doing it on Skype. The whole fucking thing should be just done like we're doing it now on a big meeting and talking to each other. Why are they flying in, going out to fancy restaurants?
1: It's typical of the attitude that people don't think they are part of the problem or that, no, it's, that it's not their responsibility. They are somehow no. exempt from it.
0: This is the point with the Attenborough thing and the Prince Charles thing and the whole the Queen spouting off and like Christmas saying, like let's all be more environmental. You yes. haven't. You haven't been environmental. Yeah, sell your, your homes. Life. Sell Just all your give homes. your
1: homes to the homeless.
0: Eat in those massive castles and palaces. Go fuck yourself live in a little cottage like old people should right? a little bunk <laughs> in a well, bungalow you know where's the bloody solar panels on the top of the bloody buckingham palace you know why aren't they doing that why have they got a, like a bloody wind farm thing next to buckingham palace if they ser- if they really give a shit if they're really serious about it but what they try and do is force the agenda on the rest of us first well, oh, we're going to go electric by so and so. Yeah,
1: this is it. it. This is what I'm talking about is that everyone else is telling other people
0: what to, to do. do. It.
1: That's it. Start with yourself.
0: I, it really annoys me. I hate it. I hate the patronisation. I know there's members of my family, sort of like the family I'm married into, probably find any comments I might make about the Attenborough thing a bit offensive. You know, they'll still think, oh, but he's, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. But they can't argue against it when I talk about it. You know, he's he's so embedded in the whole royal family thing. He used to direct the Bunny Queen's speech for like years on the trot, didn't he? You know, I didn't know that. Yeah, was because mass, he's massive in TV, wasn't he? He was like controller yeah. BBC Two and everything, wasn't he, for years? Yeah. And he's right in with them, you know. It's folly to me that all of, the, the one environmentalist I've got loads of time for is Chris Packham. To oh be honest. yeah. Back back because him. he really stands by the courage of his conviction, although he did accept an honour from the Queen, which I was disappointed in, really. Don't accept that. any of those honours. They're just a, a load of shite, honest to God. Albert Finney, God, I love him. He wouldn't accept one. You know what I mean? David Bowie wouldn't accept one. You know? Great.
1: Well, I was going to mention Bowie because Bowie was very prophetic when he was the one person at the time when everyone was getting so excited about the internet. Did you see that interview with him where he yeah, said, it's amazing. I'm, not, I'm not sure about this. You know, this could really open. Uh, I'm not quoting him or anything, but he indicated that it could open a Pandora's box and it, did. it might be bad for society. And, uh, you know, the Internet is great on many levels, but yeah. it is also a Pandora's box. without Terrible. Doubt. Because and I think this is part of the problem is that you are exposed to the realities of the world through the Internet. Yeah, yeah and what's going on does not make you feel better
0: it's made our kids probably grow up in certain ways quicker than we'd want them to yeah really and you know i've tried i've been the one more than anybody in this house to sort of slow down the progress of the technology but i understand why we've had to succumb to it because of the peer pressure at school it's a self-fulfilling prophecy anyway in the end because if you don't allow your kid to have the cell phone or the Xbox or whatever, then they will be marginalised terribly at school and possibly bullied. I know a kid yep. whose parents didn't do that. They wouldn't let him have anything. He didn't even, he didn't even have, like, modern clothing. And he had a torrid time at school, you know?
1: Yeah. I remember thought... Mormons, Mormons at school that were treated like they were so weird yeah. uh, because they didn't have a telly.
0: This is what happens. But the reality is, we have to in doing that, and that is a massive Pandora's box, once you open that up you've got all sorts of things to consider because the whole gaming thing you have to control that. You can't let your kids Mm. game and game and game. It's very very damaging, although we let George game and he does have this uh, connection with his friends through headphones and stuff, which is great. We've got to sort of Mix things up all the time. I, mean, I bought as a pool table for Christmas. It's been brilliant, you know, because yes. it's really mixed things up again. And his friends like to come over and play on it as well. And I like and It's a great bonding thing with me and him because, you know, I'm a tidy player and he's he likes to try and beat dad and he knows I know Not a lot. Not
1: like uh competitive
0: dad from the fashion. Oh, no, no, no. Fashioning. No, Doing no,
1: 147.
0: No, I, I mean, the, th- the reality is, it's like there's a couple of sports that I could be like, I was always as you probably know, I was go- always good at like snooker and pool. Yeah. And I was really and I'm a good cricketer, right? That's about it really. Can throw darts a bit as well. But the thing is that I never ever have done the competitive dad thing. However, if my lad doesn't think I'm trying, he's all over it. He'll be like, No, no, you're not trying. I know you're not trying. That's good. So what we do instead is it, what I do is I install handicaps. So I'll say if we're playing like say a game of snooker, I'll give you a 25-point head start or a 30-point yes. head start. Or I'll give you, if we're playing nine-ball pool, for example, I'll say you can have ball in hand if there's a foul, but I can only ever use the spot, other things like that. So I give him concessions. And he'd much rather do it like that. He's happy to do it like that. I still sometimes won't try. As well. But he's getting yeah. good. I will have to very soon. I'm really going to have to try because he is... Starting to get very good, you know. So yeah, and that's yeah. great. That's what you want.
1: That is another thing, isn't it? Consumerism constantly needing well, to buy new clothes. It's,
0: it's capitalism again. Yes, yeah. capitalism. Overt capitalism is a disaster. Yeah. It's this idea of we constantly need more all the time. We do need that. We need this. We need yeah. an upgrade of that. There's a new
1: season out. Don't wear that shit anymore.
0: I know. I can safely say that I would because I know who I know what I'm like apart from wanting sort of access to the internet to have podcasts because there's some variety of podcasts I'd go back to DVDs I'd just get I just have DVDs DVD player I don't even think I'd be bothered about channels or TV I, I just couldn't be bothered I would not be bothered yeah I'd rather invest time watching great films films that I know are great because I've seen them before or as far as in technology forget it no chance i find it really hard and i know that it's a kind of a big thing for my lad and my wife i sort of have to bite my lip a bit because i feel like it's folly it's the folly of our of our lives spending this money unnecessarily half the time on upgrades of things that we don't need. exactly
1: because you're made to feel like the old model last year's model is bad This one's got a slightly better camera. You know, the new one's slightly better. And I need that fix. It's all about the fix.
0: It is about the fix. I like it when we're able to sell on something if we've got a new thing. So at least that we've got rid of the old thing and it's gone to a new home, if you like. Yeah. It's been recycled and maybe we've made a few quid from it. If I could be arsed, if I could get off my bloody lazy arse and do it, I'd love to just be spending my life just selling on stuff, uh, older stuff there's a great some a great sort of pleasure and nobility about that if you could spend your lives doing like a decent car boot sale every day or three days a week let's say where you're selling on things that have been used to somebody else and making Mm. a few quid, wonderful because what you're doing is you're extending the life of something that would otherwise be just thrown into the fucking Recycle centre, as it's yeah. called nowadays yeah. Or the tip, yeah. let's be honest, yeah. the tip Because yeah. half of it doesn't get recycled properly
1: No Everybody's so quick to just dump things these days No one ever gets things fixed, do they? I've got an excuse now I can go and buy something else
0: Yeah, yeah but Part of that problem, of course, Lee, though is There's no economy for that anymore no. There used to be a guy who would repair things Your lawnmower right. repair guy you Your TV yeah. repair guy yeah. Even... Your computer repair guy. Yeah. You
1: know, you don't even see them anymore. Well, they, they do exist. They do exist, and I've recently got the uh MacBook that we use for this podcast fixed, though it costs oh, more than the fucking laptop cost. <laughs> this is part of the <laughs> problem. <day. laughs> this is it. But I wasn't gonna do. I wasn't gonna junk it. I thought, well, <laughs> yeah. you know, at the end of the day, it's gonna be worth it. I'll give it a few more years. I'm not buying a new one because that's gonna cost me fifteen hundred quid. So. Yeah, and I'm happy I paid for the repair.
0: I've had an accident. Um, an old fella went into my door and he confessed to it. But then it's been a pain in the arse ever since because I've got to do it. He's insisted that I do it through my insurance. He wouldn't. He's confessed and given me all his details, but I've got to do it through my insurance. <clears throat> so if he did it through his, it might have been easier. and I might have just said, look, I just fixed the door, mate. That's it. But through my insurance, all they're doing now is, and I've had no involvement in this. I wasn't. He came and said, car registration plate, blah, blah, blah. I've bumped into your car, right? Because he's old. He's too old to be driving, really, to be honest. But anyway, so it's nothing to do with me and I've had to put up with it and I've got to deal with the consequences of it. But what's happened now the insurance company said, oh, no, um, what's probably going to happen is we're going to write your car off. Oh. Write the car off. For the sake of just fixing the door. This yeah. is part of the problem. Yeah. This is part of the fucking whole Absolutely. problem.
1: Yeah, It's just easier, more convenient.
0: More convenient it? for them to take yeah. some photographs, take a load of poxy photographs and say, "Oh hey, yeah, we're going to give you that amount of money for your car. We're not going to fix it. And they're well, probably going to pay me less than the... It's about a thousand quid to fix the car door. So they're obviously going to consider paying me less than that for the car. Or maybe they won't. It's just that they don't want to do it. All they want to do is... So I've got an option then to keep the car. Well, I'm determined to sort of keep the car because I'm thinking, why should I? I'm not sending that off to scrap. I want to run it into the fucking ground. And and I want to keep my really, really low, no claims. Like £13 a month I pay for car insurance because I've never, (laughs) ever made a claim. That's got to be a record. Well, it's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I don't do loads of mileage and I've never had a claim. And I said, I still haven't made a bloody claim because this other guy's fucking done it. It was about 90. Again, yeah. old Brexit Tory.
1: Well, this sort of throwaway society is very much what Aldous Huxley predicted in Brave New World, wasn't it? You know, making sort of shit products that don't last. So you need to buy another one. It just becomes a, a distraction and a focus for people, you know, constantly buying stuff. Yeah. So it stops them realising how they're being controlled. Because I was thinking, like, loads of writers have wrote about the future and have... Done it in a way to sort of warn warn us about what we might become, but I don't think any writer has ever predicted this. This have they? No. You it, know? It, I mean, usually it's, it's like something really extreme, like 1984, and or it's something wonderful, like probably Arthur C. Clarke's wrote about. But
0: yeah, 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 2001. That's the other thing. I've always been. I've been saying this for years. We always had these. Grandiose ideas of ambitions Are going into space, space stations, pushing out into furthering the furthering the uh, the ideals of man. But no, capitalism has it's prevented just a few that.
1: select twats doing it for their own egos.
0: But the th- we don't even have a supersonic jet anymore. We got rid of Concorde because yeah. not enough people were using it. It wasn't paying for it. So capitalism has crushed. The ambitions of the world, yeah. So what do we have now? Oh, we have these, oh, you've got little technology. You can watch loads of fucking shows on your technology. <laughs> you know, I not told to try and let, watch less fucking TV. And it's like, more TV. You'll have more TV. But we're watching TV. Come on, watching TV.
1: <laughs> when I talk to people, often the conversation comes around to what you're watching on Netflix or Amazon. <laughs> That's all it is. It is. <laughs> I just don't fucking have an appetite for bins watching Peaky Blinders or (laughs) whatever else is recommended
0: to me. I I, I love it when I say, I want look, we're going to watch a film. I'm putting this film on. This is a great – all I ever sit with – I just – right. There's a one-off documentary called The Rescue. It's about the British uh, divers, cavers, who save those Thai football kids. I was was was
1: When Elon Musk called one of them pedo.
0: Yes, that's right. He did. And (laughs) um,
1: successfully sued. Yeah, brilliant. Quite right too. Yeah.
0: Musk, fucking dick. You know. (laughs) Yet again. Oh yeah. And Bezos, like you say, and Branson. We're going into space. (laughs) Apparently. Isn't
1: Elon Musk's rocket heading for the moon now?
0: I fucking hope he smashes into the moon.
1: I mean, he's not in it, unfortunately, but. One of his rockets that he launched quite a few years ago, actually. They left it in space, right? So already fucking littering up there. Yes, yeah, so apparently it's, it's been pulled towards the moon. It's quite funny.
0: Amazing, isn't it? The most ambitious thing that mankind has ever done was done in 1969. 1969. We've never, ever come close to doing it again. Anything like as ambitious... We've got these fucking idiotic billionaires going just to the perimeters of space and going, oh, I've been in space, look at me! You've not been, you've not been in a fucking moon. What are you talking about?
1: Once you reach a level of wealth, is that, well, they must be bored out the heads, really. So this is why they try to do these things, because it's not brought them the satisfaction that they thought it would. Why
0: don't they do something with that money? help people exactly
1: i mean bill gates does doesn't he i think i mean he's there's not going
0: to spe- he's still a cunt though i, <laughs> I can't be with but... him he's a cunt i'm sorry but I'm, yeah. i know he is deep down i just know it there's a fantastic point about these individual billionaires made by this sri lankan guy who's he's got a, one of these incredible sri lankan names very long but he's a very very clever guy <laughs> go looking for him on the internet because he's he talks about the the folly of billionaires how we shouldn't Mm -hmm. have billionaires. And he makes a point. They act like governments. And they're totalitarian. They could do what they want. They could do what the hell they want because they're billionaires. So they can, you know, go into space. But they're not being told. Nobody's saying to them, look, you could um, save this city from absolute ruin by injecting some of your money into this city. Change the lives of thousands of people. You you, You know what I mean? I mean, we'd probably solve half the world's problems if the billionaires gave up the majority of their wealth. Yeah. And not even the billionaires. I've always said it. I mean, it sounds ludicrous. And it, like, some of them might even call me a commie for saying this, but cap people's wealth at 250 million quid. And I, and I say yeah. that jokingly because can you imagine that? Someone calling you a communist because you say you shouldn't have more than 250 million quid in a bank.
1: If you said that, say, in 1975, it would yeah. not be ludicrous at all. It would yeah. be a very sensible point that would be yeah. taken seriously. Yes. Okay. But this is where we've arrived at now, is that any sort of proposal, a socialist proposal, yes. is classed it's as an extreme dangerous. view. Yeah. Corbyn was fucking ridiculed for wanting to make people work four days a week and have free broadband and... <laughs> Get the railways back. Yeah. You know, that are failing. Oh, we don't yeah, want
0: the fucking communist in power doing all that. So much of Corbyn's politics was brilliant. What he was talking about was this long-term reinvestment. And he was talking about the, the green industrial revolution. So we were going to re it in a green way. I thought, wow, creating all these jobs, you know. Mm-hmm. It was very progressive. And Johnson's kind of into that anyway. His old fella's supposed to be an environmentalist, isn't he? I mean, they're all... Cool. He's horrible, horrible. Oh, and his missus. She tra- thinks she's an environmentalist too, and she just makes me so cross, because he could just know she's this kind of, like, horrible, Tory, elitist, Chelsea girl, fucking thinks she's an environmentalist. Hasn't got a clue. Yeah. Hasn't got a yeah. fucking clue. Really makes me mad. They, they all make me so mad. But Corbyn lived it, breathed it, believed yeah.
1: it. That's the sort of death knell for me. The way the reaction to Corbyn. Me too. It was a decent politician with bags of integrity, and he was he was misrepresented so massively.
0: And I think he points out that politics are an extreme because you've got in America you had Trump and they had Sanders. Really, for a long time, let's be honest, Sanders was really the true opposition to Trump until the Democratic Party screwed Bernie Sanders. Oh,
1: I can't believe how bad Joe Biden comes across. They screwed
0: him. They screwed him. The other candidates screwed him because because there's no doubt about it. Bernie was the strongest candidate with the most supporters. The others got together with their supporters to support Biden, right? And Biden is dreadful. He is. He's a senile, really old.
1: Did you hear him acting. talking about kids stroking his legs?
0: Oh, it's he's vile, isn't it? What the fuck? He's a vile, vile little man. He oh, really is. I mean,
1: he wasn't being perverse or anything. No.
0: Like, but it was uh, so it's weird, it's it, horrible.
1: It was it's so cre- misjudged. It was like somebody who had c- senility.
0: He's creepy, isn't he? It? He's creepy. Yeah. But you had those polar opposites of Sanders. Trump and in this country, the polar opposites of Johnson and corbyn Corbyn it, you know, I mean people were voting for Johnson, he's a clown, there's nothing yeah. serious about John There's never been anything he's a clown, and people voting for the fucking clown against mm-hmm. the man who was really serious. It's the serious nature of Corbyn and the serious nature of his convi- his courage of his convictions they're terrified half the population, and they were made more terrified by the very, very right-wing press in Britain. The scurrilous and despicable media in Britain. I mean, it's despicable. You know, even the BBC is despicable. The only news I'll pay any heed to is Channel 4 News. Mm. Channel 4 News has got some kudos and credibility, I think. The BBC, fuck them. They're so duplicitous in in their behaviour. It's like the climate change thing. One minute they're going on about the desperate need to make measures with the COP26. And then two stories later, around Christmas time, it was, what's it going to be like this Christmas on the high street? It was like, can (laughs) you not see what you've just done? (laughs) It's like, oh yes, we need to make such a change to our way of life, but it's Christmas!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Another distraction from the hideousness. But one, one thing I wanted to mention, Dave, you know, when I was talking about the explosion in wellness, you know, everybody, everybody's anxious, everybody's depressed. There's loads of podcasts about well-being, isn't there, right? And one thing I is I've listened to a few, and they are quite helpful, you know. But then, of course, they're spoiled by capitalism yet again, by the fucking adverts that punctuate them, you know, oh, yeah. trying to sell you some over priced supplements or some fucking slippers that are, that are like 80 quid and it's like oh god you just can't escape it can you
0: again most podcasters whatever they're doing whatever their beliefs they're just so delighted that they might be making some revenue from doing yeah there's no care. integrity there's no integrity Going back to the the wellness, you know,
1: because half the time they do preach, oh, you know, uh, minimalism and don't buy things, you know, consumerism is bad and you're just going to make yourself feel worse and it's addictive. And then there'll be an advert for some shit you don't need.
0: Absolutely. Do you know another thing that I'm so suspicious about in modern society too, and I've been for a long time, is this encroaching idea of, of uh, mindfulness. Oh yes, right. This. Oh, let's try and use mindfulness. Stop and think. Mindfulness is a is a Tory tool, in my opinion. Yeah. Mindfulness is mind control, really.
1: Mindlessness.
0: It's mindlessness, exactly. It's trying to get people not to get upset or cross about things. Just have to take. To but, it.
1: but again, Dave, like I was saying, it's putting like the way of it's, life. it's putting the responsibility on the individual. And in saying, the individual. Oh, if you're feeling anxious, it's it's about you that you're not dealing with
0: things. Not the greater the world.
1: No, it's not the world. No.
0: Not the problems that face people every day. In many ways, what we really should be doing is the Peter Finch approach in network. Yeah. I'm as mad as hell, I'm not. Going take it anymore <laughs> Throw open your windows And yeah. shout I'm as mad as hell and yeah. I'm not going to take this anymore And that's Let's go Let's force a fucking change That's cathartic yeah. That's cathartic What's mindfulness Breathing slowly in Long breaths out Let it all go Let the fact that you're so fucking pissed off You know no, what you want to do? Once in a while, the little man wants to fucking win, right? That's what it's about. And I remember somebody saying to me that it was used as a tool in the NHS to keep the staff calm and keep them happy, mm. when really they were not happy. They're unhappy. They're unhappy about the way they're treated, the way yeah, they're
1: paid. They're unhappy because they're not paid enough.
0: They're not paid enough. They're unhappy. This is it. And mindfulness has been used as a terrible fucking tool. And yeah. it is. I think it is. Yeah. I'm very suspicious about it, Lee. Again, you were saying right at the start of our conversation, the self help idea. You know, yeah. it's part of that self help. Make yourself better, stronger. Mindfulness is part of that. Yeah. It's like people like Jordan Peterson saying, this is how you can change your life." Well, it's easy for Jordan Peterson to say that. I, you know, I know he's got a lot of followers.
1: Well, probably... I do like him. I'm not saying everything. I know he says we've had perfect, this conversation
0: before. But... Then it's preaching, though. It's preaching and telling people how to live their life. What Well, he's weird. somebody
1: that suffered massively with depression, and I don't think he's ever come up with mind- mindfulness. As no, but solution. he is
0: kind of like, he is kind of trying to tell people.
1: Well, no, you're people. right, Dave, because he has got that book out, hasn't he? 12 Rules for Life.
0: 12 Rules for Life. Well, 12 Rules for Life don't necessarily always fit in no, the individual. No, no. And this is the thing that annoys me. It's like, what we should be encouraging people is to be what they want to be, you know, who they are as people. And we do, you know, obviously we, I've been terrible for it at times myself of like laughing at, at, at someone who looks a bit ridiculous and stuff, but <laughs> uh, and we all do a little bit of that, you know, the blue tulip, Rose Reed, but God bless blue tulip, Rose Reed. She's doing what she wanted to do. She's been her self. She's being herself. But she's, but her she's lost her mind,
1: Dave. She's lost her mind. And I think, I see that so much, you know, in my job. I am seeing people literally losing their fucking mind. Yeah. If you get a bus in the daytime, it's full of mad fucking people. Yeah. Right. It probably (laughs) is. People, you know, maybe they've reached a point where they're they're free from the anxiety because they have actually gone mad.
0: Yes, maybe they are. mate. And to be honest with you, it probably is more prevalent. I mean, there's quite a lot of it around here, but. It's more prevalent in uh, bigger conurbations and urban conurbations. And, you know, we don't live in that anymore. But we have certainly there's a lot of sort of care in the community around here. And there's people who are not particularly uh, well mentally. But it's hard, isn't it? You know,
1: it's it's a build up, a build up of pressure. It's 10 years of fucking Tories and... People are just losing their shit left, right, and centre.
0: I think what people don't realise is, is that uh, the, uh, certainly the people that, f- are, you know, the self-satisfied lot. And I have to say, a lot of the self-satisfied lot are those, those either approaching their pension and they've, and they've got their house paid for, or the ones on the pension. So, i.e., older population who yes. vote. Why for are
1: summering? they? Why are they always the cunts that win the lottery, Dave?
0: They're the cunts that win the lottery as well, aren't they? Because they've got this, they've got... They've, <laughs> they've already and, paid off the mortgage. It's because Coward they've got... treat the, the grandkids? They've got disposable income, and so they'll buy 10 fucking lottery tickets rather than two. Yeah. You know, that's part of it. That's why they, all, they always win. They yeah. win. And they're so fucking smug and self-satisfied with it. And most importantly of all, and it's something that needs to be said, hugely needs to be said, and it doesn't get discussed enough, ever. It doesn't get discussed. They like to bang on about what they think about society and the state of it. But really, they are coming in unless they get mugged or something. They are bereft of importance within society other than a tool to spend money, right? Mm. They don't have to live through the consequences of political decisions that filter down to people in poorer areas and that, that struggle. They're out of that loop. They yeah. are totally out of that loop. Yeah. So maybe there should be a cutting-off age to vote. Maybe yeah. when you're 70, yeah. that's it. You're 70 years yeah. old now. Oh, and certainly if you're 70 years old and you've got a pension, say you've got a um, private pension that pays you, say, £20,000 a year or more, right, yeah. which is ridiculous, you know, to have that I love kind of this
1: money. this idea, Dave.
0: Right? So, and in fact, let's lower that threshold. You've got a private pension that pays you £15,000 a year, you've got the state pension of course and you've got your house paid for you can no longer vote that's it you're 70 years old that's it <laughs> you can't vote because you don't have anything to vote for you really. don't have anything at stake nothing at stake you have nothing at stake you've got your pension you've got everything paid for you get your fuel allowance you've got the bus pass got the yeah, whole fucking it. gamut. I
1: do, I, it does piss me off really they when you should should they i mean it's a political decision but whenever it comes to benefit increases or something The bloody olds get miles more than someone who's under 25. Just for example, the minimum income for a single person who's retired, right, would be 177 quid a week. But on top of that, if they had rent, they'd get that paid for. They're exempt from the bedroom tax. They'd get the council tax all paid for. Compare that to someone who's under 25. They would get fucking 59 quid a week. They would have their rent allowance restricted massively because they're under 35 and they would have to pay some council tax so you know it really does piss me off when i hear about oh the old people are poor and they have to choose between eat and heat they don't that's bullshit if 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 they do then you know they're not spending the money wisely they're probably gambling it or spending it on rent boys <laughs> i'm not Begrudging them that at all. Yeah, but that's the point. You know, because business. they're not, they're not, in comparison to other pensions in Europe, they're probably worse. They're not very well off. But compared to other people that are younger than them, they are miles better off.
0: Yeah, miles better off. And th- that's the thing is like, I'm not against them uh, having what they've got. I want them to shut the fuck up and stop voting. Yeah. <laughs> shut the fuck up because you haven't got a clue and stop the fuck voting. And that's the way it is, really, honestly. That I totally believe that. I totally feel the amount of I, work, I shouldn't go on about it really, but I'm going to say work in a business that has a lot of older clients. They've all got plenty of money. They've all got like nice cars. They're insured up to the bloody the eyeballs. They've paid off their their houses. <laughs> They're always on escape to the country with the a 700 grand budget it's ridiculous it's ridiculous isn't it i really find offensive those adverts on the tv as well like there's one where the guy just clicks his phone and he, and he says and um, we love our neighbors we love it here he this is the other and then yeah. this and it's so unrealistic it's like this mixed race couple again you know the mixed yes. race couple thing but you, you know the advert i'm talking about and it <laughs> says six hundred and twenty five thousand pounds who the fuck you know, is thinking, oh, yeah, great, this is, oh, a quid's in here, it's a bargain, only 625,000 quid. It's so London-centric, that advert, for a start. It's like the rest of the country, he's like, go fuck yourself, adverts. Go Mm. fuck yourself. And again, the world of the advertiser, that has fucked the brains of of
1: people. Yeah, well, hail Bill Hicks, who in 1990, whatever it was, said, you know, If you work in advertising, kill yourself. Kill
0: yourself. Kill yourself.
1: Just kill yourself. I'm not joking.
0: Just (laughs) kill yourself. (laughs) yourself. Seriously. You are the spawn of Satan. You (laughs) are the spawn of Satan. Absolutely. (laughs) Skull. Amazing. Amazing.
1: Well, Dave, we uh, perhaps should uh, come to the end here. But, you know, you are a much more pessimist, uh, much more optimistic person than me, Dave. Someone who was always looked on the bright side
0: well you wouldn't you wouldn't know that after tonight's conversation Lee. no
1: no but you've always been a sort of upbeat person right yeah it that's it, uh, right yeah that's that's
0: funny.
1: and uh, because you you are able to cook through all this this bullshit and just find your peace and happiness so do you do you see a positive future or do you see a solution uh, an anti-capitalist solution or do you believe in accelerationism, which is basically capitalism will eventually eat itself?
0: Uh, I think there's, there's a good chance that could happen. Can, yeah. I, can I just let like, the prefix before, you know, you're rightly in many ways, but there's many times that I can be cynical and sarky. I think sometimes my sarcasm and caustic nature can...
1: But there's always humour in it.
0: <laughs> well, Well, it's meant as a defence mechanism, but it can sort of drive my wife mad when it's not tuned in right because i do sound like i'm like having a go about everything in the world very victim elder-esque. but I i do try a lot of the time to do it with a bit of humor i do try to be upbeat but sometimes i need that little bit of a vent to let it out this is a great opportunity to do that podcasting is brilliant to do that but yeah i do try and be positive in some ways and i do hope even though I see the folly in everything, including myself, really, but I believe that we're never going to change the capitalist world, but we need intervention. And it will only it will come, but it will might come at the 11th hour. It might not be that we're going to be. A, 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 I'm, I try not to be believe in an a, a absolutism, because I think that if it gets to the stage where capitalism eats itself, we've gone too far for the natural world you know and i'm a big believer in nature yeah Yeah,
1: there'd be be plenty of damage done
0: but this huge, i mean we could do a podcast talking about the damage to nature which is would be very depressing because i'm big into nature especially since meeting my wife and all the years before we got married you know like the more you learn about the natural world and you see some of the just awful tragedy of it uh, what's happened? I mean, the the amount of species that we've lost, the drop in the numbers of wildlife. Oh, of course,
1: man, yeah, you, you want to read this book Wild? Horrifying.
0: Have
1: you ever read this book Wilding, Dave? Yeah, yeah, I've
0: I've read uh, I've read I've, parts of it. Yeah. The
1: amount of uh, I mean, it's reading just the first chapter or the preface, and it was talking about how many birds. It's huge. Have, you know, we used to have just so many more birds in the yeah. sky. But yeah. Just fucked up the countryside and everything
0: we just decided to wild our garden
1: yeah yeah but
0: this is the first time we've done it to be fair we should have been doing it for years and been living here and just let the grass grow let everything grow people probably think you're mad and this is where it needs to change people need to everyone needs to be doing it with their gardens Mm. gardens you don't want neat little gardens you want your gardens to be overgrown you want the nature to come back and it does, it will come back, you know, like butterflies mm. and bees, you know, insects and things that we all, we need all these things. And I think what have, will happen if we're not careful, we could end up having a Blade Runner world. And the the effects of a Blade Runner world would be far worse than it's seen in Blade Runner, because we won't really be able to survive in the same way without nature. No. So it's, that is really terrifying. So if it got to that absolute level of, of capitalism eating itself i think we'd have we'd have stepped too far you know we're close to it now i, do, I really think that i think we're close yeah. to it now so i'm hoping that we need what we need is intervention can't have but who's going to bring that intervention who we've got the biggest clown who's ever had the office of 10 down street the biggest mm. clown i mean it's tragic in it we're in it it. we're is. not in a good place
1: you know he could be on his way out But who's he going to be replaced by? Apprentice candidate Rishi Sunak.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's like that. Well, well, Sir Alan. (laughs) Oh, God, they're a terrible party, aren't they? Got terrible, Terrible people. The only
1: sort of optimism I have, Dave, is that what we've got now has been totally unexpected. You would never have predicted this, right? So by the same token you you may never predict what's going to come in ten years' time
0: great great point it Brilliant. could
1: be it could be good it could be that somehow a good person breaks through and gets the message over
0: I think probably this is why I have this love of ufology, especially as I've gotten older yeah they may
1: maybe I'll save you
0: because this is it. I love one the mystery of it, and I love two, the idea that. If they did show up, like in Arrival, you know, in the yeah. film Arrival, which yeah, is a pretty yeah, brilliant yeah. film, this massive, like, craft, it would change everything. It would change. Can you imagine how it would change? You know? But
1: do you think it would? Do you not think it would be a bit like the reaction in Don't Look Up? It would be like, yeah, yeah, interesting. Be in denial but, of it. I you know, think, what's this TikToker doing?
0: Well, interestingly, Lee, you make a brilliant point, because half media's in denial of it anyway. You, you never heard a th- – when it all came out about the Pentagon report, even got a mention on the bbc news (laughs) the bbc news didn't deem it worthy enough to mention it i thought that was embarrassing and i thought that was also so naive of the bbc what did they not think that something that's incredibly credible piece of news that is an amazing piece of news and also very relevant because if it's not fucking aliens it's going to be the russians or it's going to be the Chinese. And we need to worry about that. You know, we need yeah. to worry. And it's not even got a mention.
1: Weirdly, Dave, just mentioning that is my daughter said something tonight. Right. She had a couple of things. The first thing she said was, why is life so tiring?
0: Right.
1: It's <laughs> quite a good precursor hey. to this pod, And she, she was also talking about what the Russians are going to do. So that started to get into her head a bit. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: You
1: For know, she started to get anxious about that.
0: It's horrible because you want to be really reassuring to your kids, don't you?
1: And I think I did do the job because you thought we were going to get bombed.
0: Yeah. It's
1: like, no, it's not that, you know,
0: but they are a bit weird. They (laughs) are weird. What we want. What Putin really wants, what we would love, is that that the Soviet Union would exist again. Yeah, that's the reality. And maybe part of the problem of the modern world and what's happened in the last. Twenty five years or so is the end of the divide of east versus west yeah because when we had east versus west the west could be the capital system the capital thing doing whatever they wanted, making money capitalism yeah baby and the east were like very this is all about central government people must live on strudel and cabbage you know and all this kind of <laughs> stuff and we didn't Sheet have this... for
1: bread for 10 hours.
0: Exactly. But we didn't have this proliferation of capitalism that's swept across the world. You didn't have it. You had a third world. You had the Eastern Bloc. You had the West. What we have now is everybody wants a piece of the pie. Right. Population's gone through the roof. More and more people want money. More and more people want the best, best things. There's bigger markets. And the capitalists go, yeah, bigger markets. Yeah, get to Russia. Yeah. Get to China. Boom. Money, 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 money. Right. This is what's happened. The world's gone fucking crazy. Maybe what we actually need is a bit of the old Eastern Bloc back, you know. And the Eastern Bloc meant there was more stability in in like the Middle Eastern countries as well. Yeah. You could argue. And I would. In fact, I would argue that not that I think it's right. But maybe the world was a safer place before 1989 than after 1989.
1: We were sort of okay with it. We sort of liked it, didn't we? Until we saw threads.
0: I think that was it. We threads. Thought, oh, it's... yeah, yeah. My wife often yeah. talks about that and says how how terrified she was that she thought she was going to die. Because you'd day. do it
1: in school, wouldn't you? You'd be designing CND posters and stuff.
0: Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that was that's hilarious. It's brilliant. And you hear that voice, that Barrett and the oak tree guy, who go, "Now take your family." Under the stairs. <laughs> if oh, one of you dies, put Patrick, them in a uh, uh,
1: Patrick Summer. Uh... Such
0: a wooden actor as well, he was going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Baron of the Oak Tree. <laughs> if well, one of back. your family dies, put them in a black bag.
1: <laughs> he had a great voice, didn't he? He had a
0: brilliant voice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Flying upside down in a helicopter. Patrick Allen.
0: Patrick Allen, not Barrett, yeah, Patrick yeah, Allen. When you hear the sirens, go to your safe point in your house.
1: I love that, I love that. For my 50th birthday, Dave, as you may know, I went to the secret nuclear bunker in Essex, which really? was fucking I, brilliant. I was
0: fucking jealous of you for that, mate. You've
1: got was, to go, Dave. It's absolutely brilliant. so
0: good. It was this
1: amazing. It. I feel very nostalgic for the uh, Protect and Survive and all that.
0: Put them in the bag so that you don't get radiation poison off the bin.
1: A warning may come quite unexpectedly. We will now tell you what to do if a warning sounds when you are at home. If attack is imminent, you will hear the attack sound like this. So take cover at once. Send your young children to the fallout room, then go quickly and turn off the gas and the electricity at the mains. And draw curtains. Then go to your fallout room and stay there. Stay there. After two days, the danger from fallout will get less, but don't take any risks by contact with it. The longer you stay in your refuge, the better it will be for you. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.